Hey guys, it's your girl Trinity, aka Sahara Rebay, and we're back on Perspective. We have a very, very special guest, a powerhouse in New York City. We have Council Member Gail Brewer. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I I'm, love the Harvard School. I love the Harvard School too, and we love you here. How are you today? We're great. We're swamped with different problems that people have, but we're, we're good. We're in the office, people are coming to the door every two minutes, like calling and emailing, it's fine. I lo actually, I really love that people feel comfortable even coming to you, that speaks to your service and that you're trusted, and I, I really like that. They definitely call and they definitely visit. <laughs> <laughs> so first, can you please share a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, what's your favorite color? if you drink tea or coffee in the mornings, anything that you, you'd like to share? Okay, well, it's definitely coffee. <laughs> um, I don't know what my favorite color is. I think I like black and white. So that's what I've got on today, but black and white. And then I grew up, I was from, I'm from Boston originally, but I've been here since 1969. And so I'm definitely a New Yorker. Um, I was in the city council um for 12 years previously i was borough president of manhattan for eight years now i'm back in the city council i teach at hunter college and uh you know had a lot of foster care kids got one kid who's 31 married live uh on the upper west side and you know that's about it i just work all the time so i'm not very interesting oh. but I'm glad <laughs> to be with you but i don't know there's not much more than that well, I think you're very interesting, but I do. I love music, and I believe that music, the music that we listen to, says a lot about who we are. So what's on your playlist? What kind of songs get you going? I'm all about jazz. Oh. Al Green and all the great jazz musicians, Mac Roach. Um, I happen to like um, the folks that play at Lincoln Center, jazz at Lincoln Center. Um, so I'm really, I love jazz. Mm -hmm. um, that's about, to be honest with you, that's pretty much, I don't have a lot of time. I go to some concerts once in a while, particularly at Lincoln Center, outdoors, free during the summer. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I basically listen to jazz or the news. I'm not, I, like I said, that's about it. <laughs> I hear that. I love jazz as well. This summer for my birthday, I went to New Orleans. So as you can imagine, a lot of wow. jazz. Yeah. Winton Marcellus is a good friend, too. He des definitely plays jazz, and his whole family plays jazz. Oh, wow. And they're from New Orleans. Yeah. Yes, I love New Orleans. It was so amazing. So one of my first real questions, I could say, is I want to know from you, what's your proudest accomplishment? I would say some when I was on the city council previously, we took a long time, but we passed the paid sick days. Mm. And uh, workers, obviously, if in a union, you have paid sick days. And if you're in management, you probably have paid sick days. But thousands of workers in New York, restaurant, retail, everything, had no paid sick days. They had a vacation, maybe. Mm -hmm. But if you get sick or your parents get sick or your kids get sick, that wasn't part of the paid sick days. You had to take vacation, um, you know, or negotiate. So the bill that we passed, uh, which was about a good, almost 20 years now, 15 years ago, said every single employee in the city of New York, obviously if you're bargaining and you're part of a union, you might get more. But for the thousands and millions who are not part of a union, you absolutely in the city of New York, you get five days of sick time. 
to take care of you or your loved one in your family, even a cousin. That was so controversial because people said, oh, they're going to take Monday off. They're going to take Friday off and say mm-hmm. they're sick. They don't do that. They didn't do that. And now across the country, even nationally, it's being discussed. But San Francisco was the first. We were the second city to do that. So that was a big deal for me that um, I want to, you know, workers deserve that kind of time. Because you could imagine, and that came before COVID. Can you imagine if we mm. didn't have that before COVID? Right, yeah. You were ahead so of the that, curve. Yeah, we, we didn't know then. So anyway, that's my proudest accomplishment, to be honest with you. I think that's amazing. And I know for so many New Yorkers, it was almost essentially a lifesaver being able to still be there for your family both monetarily but also physically and also being there for yourself taking time when you're sick it's so important especially as we talk about you know being more conscious of our health mentally and physically i think i think that's really important and speaking of your and speaking of legislation um through my research i found that you worked to add caregivers to the city's anti-discrimination law being that your work is mostly in the Upper East Side, and I'm familiar, you know, with the culture of nannies. Upper oh, West Side. Upper West Side, I'm sorry. I'm familiar with the culture of nannies and caretakers. Um, and so were there any particular circumstances that made you push to add caregivers to this law? Yeah, two, two of them. First of all, um, it was 2003, I think, or four within that time period. And there was a woman who's... Uh, lives in Chicago now, and she's head of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, mm-hmm. Ijen Poo. Um, she's brilliant. She went to Columbia University. She got a MacArthur. Wow. When you get a MacArthur Fellowship, they don't do those lightly. You don't apply. They call you. Yeah. And so she got a MacArthur Fellowship, which is the highest honor in the United States for somebody who's outstanding. And so she was organizing the nannies in the city of New York at that time, before she moved to Chicago. And just being with her was phenomenal. So that was part of the reason to work on that bill. Second, way before I was in the city council um, in the 1980s, I think, or late 70s, there was something called Household Technicians of America that I was involved with through the National Women's Political Caucus, uh, which I was head of. Carolyn Smith uh, was the head of that. And so I got to know her and she became head of the National Women's Political Caucus after I did. So it was a long history. Uh, Gloria Steinem was with me. Uh, and as you know, she's still alive. So that was very much part of my uh, upbringing in terms of political efforts was to be sure that the nannies, the household technicians is another term for them. Mm-hmm. And I, Many of them, as you know, are, have PhDs and are more educated than even the people they're serving. Right. I'm very, I, I believe strongly. The bill that we passed wasn't great because we can't do much at the city council level. Mm-hmm. All labor law basically is state or federal. So all we did at the local level, but it was the first in the country, was to say that those employment agencies, and they're not actually wonderful agencies, to be honest with you, private sector, who employ nannies absolutely have to, uh, if you know, words, if you hire somebody through an employment agency, I think some people just do it by word of mouth, mm-hmm. but if you hire through an employment agency, then the employer at the household and the employee, the nanny, have to sign an agreement. So you're not doing kids, cleaning, 
cooking, running errands, etc. There's a set list of responsibilities and none other. So that was a bill. It was, but if you go to the state, then you can get workers' comp. You can get more money. There's a whole different level of support that you can get for nannies. But we were able to do that, and it was the first in the country. Yeah. I wish we could have done more, but we can't legally. Yes. Well, I know that caretakers really, really, really appreciated that that work. And I know predominantly black and brown and immigrant women do, you know, pour so much into that work. And they are um, highly, highly regarded in that area as caretakers, especially in New York City. And I know in a lot of other cities. So it's really important. And I'm really glad that you took up that work. Um as you know, I am the student body president of the New York Harbor School in Governors Island. And for those who don't know, you were so instrumental in supporting our fight for school for a pool and for our school's expansion. In fact, you were the first person to give meaningful support and a key reason that our school is expanding. Nan Richardson and all the parents who were a part are so and forever grateful for your support. How does it feel to be a part of something that is actively changing the trajectory of inner city students' lives? Well, I knew a lot of these students who were in the first and second class and their parents. So um, and I believe very strongly in the mission of the school. Obviously it's marine biology, it's other things also. I mean, you get amazing leaders like yourself coming out of Harvard schools, not just people who are smart, and interested in the environment, but it's just smart, fabulous people. I mean, getting on that ferry every day, making the ferry <laughs> and getting to school, that's huge. Yes. So I think it's just a great school. Um, I am uh, just, I, I think it would be nice if all schools were as good as the Harvard School, that would make me very happy. Yes. It helps, you know, how it, how it was founded and it was founded uh, by Mr. Fisher and his friends and that there's a, trajectory of incredible parent and um, teacher and principal and community involvement. And many schools don't have that. Yeah. So I think it, it does feel really good to be part of it. I can't wait for the, you know, there be enough money for the pool to be done. I'm sure that it'll be figured out and it should be expanded. I wasn't a big fan. I still am not a big fan of some of the other activities taking place in Governor's Island. Right? Yeah. I actually voted against it when I was board president because I don't think it should. I think it has to be as much free and and not um, corporate. And I worry about the corporatization of mm -hmm. governance. You know, I was going to ask school about that. Best. The school is the best. School was, and the garden. I love the garden. Yes, the garden. I was going to ask how you about how you felt on you know some of the development plans and that are being pushed to be on Governor's Island. Of course, I you know, don't agree with that. I think that one of the best parts of Governor's Island is how how much green spaces we have. And for that to be, I don't know, bombarded by new high rises and things of that nature doesn't sit well. And it's one of, and being on Governor's Island, you can see the difference between, you know, big, huge skyscrapers versus, you know, a lot of greenery and a lot of just normal normal space and so um i just wanted to know how you felt about that but i see that you you know you're with us and and thinking that it's not okay yeah i voted against it as borough president because it was a um right. issue of uniform land use review procedure so they needed the borough president and the city council 
but the city council is the final arbitrator. I was not in the council at that time. And the city council voted in support. Yeah. So that was into that. I didn't have any say. I think it's not just a green space. It's also, it won't have that feeling of being, you know, free of charges because there'll mm. be people who've got a lot of money who are staying at the hotel or going to the so-called climate center. Uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to feel like, anybody's going to be welcome in the same way that right now it does feel. So I, I didn't support it, but I was the only one. Well, we thank you for taking a stand and, and voting against it. I I want to know, what are some of your aspirations at this point? I know you're a council member, but would you want to vote, run for mayor or anything like that? <laughs> no, I'm going to stick right in Manhattan and city council. People ask me that all the time, and I end the conversation by stating I'm not a fan of Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, or the Bronx. And then they leave me alone. They don't bother me anymore. Unless, I'm being a little uh, funny about it, but what I'm trying to say is I am a Manhattan person, so I'm staying right here. But thanks for asking. Okay, I hear that. Are to get, you know, work on the schools, affordable housing, the climate issues. Um, I'm very concerned about, you know, just quality of life. There are so many issues, it's hard to imagine how many. You're right. And I want to thank you for being so gracious and taking my questions. Is there any advice you would like to give to young women and anyone looking to make a difference in their community? I would say a couple of things. First of all, you're already making a difference, Trinity. I promise you. But um, And you're a junior or a senior? What are you now? I'm a senior now. Oh, my goodness. The college stuff is on your mind. Well, next week I find out. Oh, good. Well, you'll be fine. I am positive. Thank you. Um, I would say a couple of things. Keep, it's important to, as you do, I'm sure, keep in touch with people at the Harvard School, your fellow students and teachers. And because people who keep in touch, you remember, and then when something comes along, you're invited to participate. I can't, I've had thousands of interns and I teach at Hunter, so I've got tons of students. I've taught at Barnard, I've taught at Queens, I've taught different places. And those who keep in touch are the ones like, oh, this person, that would be good for this person to, you know, be involved in or something. So it was really important to do that. And then I would say the second thing is that you do have to find a mentor. You may already have a mentor, but Ruth Messenger is mine. But it's helpful to have somebody who you can call on for not just advice, but just backup, you know, um, when there's something that you feel is amiss. So I, I think a mentor, if possible, not everybody has one. And then the final thing is you have to do whatever your actual job is, you know, when you're, you know, whether it's school or a job job, but then you also have to do other things in order to make a difference because you can't, and I, you already are in that trajectory, I'm sure. But you, in my opinion, people who, you know, there's a lot of people who family that go to work and they do their family and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't change the world. The world is a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. And so the question is, you know, can you do your little bit to try to make it better? Between the climate, the war, the cost of New York City, um, that lack of housing. I think the schools, you guys are probably fine because you're at the Harvard School. Tons of other high schools are not in such good shape because kids lost two years of school. Yeah. You have, you, have, um, you know, tons of teachers who I know paid attention to you and so on and so plus you're outdoors you basically live outdoors there it was a different environment than schools that 
actually close, really close for two years. Right. Kids do not pay attention for two years. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to do not only your job and your schoolwork, but you got to find other ways to make a difference. And that's what people pay attention. They don't necessarily pay attention to your job or your family, but they pay attention to what you have to say outside of your normal comfort zone. So that's the other thing I would, you know, you have to, and you know, what you never do is take two positions, one for this group and one for that group. Just stick to the same position. So that's the other thing. Some people do that. It's like, that's trouble. <laughs> that is trouble. I hear that. Is all that you've already accomplished. Where are you applying? How many places are you applying? Are you doing early? I did early action. I applied to Harvard. I applied to Howard, NCAT, yeah. Penn State, and a few other schools. Good. Yeah. Good. Keep in touch. Let us know what happens. I will. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak oh, with thank me. Thank you. Congratulations. You're incredible. Thank you. All you right. too. Take care.